Right now, you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real Norfolk Wall Street, and you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sean Danielson from Smile Empty Soul, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol Baskin, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. This is Shirley Phelps Roper with the Westboro Baptist Church, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. What's up? It's Tom from Play YTs hanging out on the Anthony Rogers Show. What's up, everyone? This is Rain from Our Lady Peace, and you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. I'm Baby No Money, and you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show, the best podcast. This is Agent Sebastian of the Cardinarks, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Brian Vanderark from the Verb Pipe here, and you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Shirley Phelps Roper from the Westboro Baptist Church is on the show today. She is an American lawyer and political activist. She was the lead spokesperson of the Westboro Baptist Church of Topeka an organization that protests against homosexuality conducted under the slogan God Hates Fags. But first, a word from our sponsors. Farmer Nate's sauce was born out of an urban garden nestled into a little Covington, Kentucky backyard. Tilled and sown by Farmer Nate himself, the peppers are hand-picked and loaded into each bottle to pack a big punch in every little drop. With no chemicals or preservatives, it's like you're eating right out of Farmer Nate's backyard. Go to FarmerNate'sSauce.com to find out for yourself. And uh, welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Uh, today with Sean Danielson. How you doing, brother? I'm great, man. How are you? Good, man. Uh, legendary guest today. Um, had a lot of comments on both ends i guess positive and negative today so uh controversial figure but uh pretty cool free speech type type, type show you know absolutely yeah it's uh some some of my followers were all riled up when i when i posted that she was going to be on so that I, I knew right then it was going to be an interesting show <laughs> yeah dude seems cool uh so without uh further ado we have a legendary guest uh be Shirley Phelps Roper from uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, do sorry, you? sorry, I was trying to get my signs. <laughs> Is that, that that seems like one of the uh, uh, the common thing at Westboro, huh? A lot of signs. Yeah, duh. <laughs> How many signs do you think you have? Oh, thousands. No That's kidding, perfect. really, thousands. I got a bunch right here. There, see, there's a really good one. That's my favorite. But the problem is I don't have enough hands because now I have new ones. I got new ones. See, first I have, um, no, not that. I mean, that's a good one and all, but somebody mixed them all up from our trip. They were, I thought they were in the right order, but see, it's all the, it's the doom signs. I'm focused. There's, you sometimes you have to focus. So you got to have, all the doom signs. So I only have two hands. That means I can hold four signs. Okay. And I can wear my God hates bags t-shirt. Oh no, that's not it. That's a good one. It's this one, right? Um, let's see. You think sin makes you good. That's a good one, but that's not it. Oh, here we go. So abortion dooms nations. See, and then Here's a new one. This is a good one. And we should have had it all, all for years, but okay. Idols doom nations. 
idolatry is big in this country. And then, of course, the most common fags denominations, because that covers all the subclasses, you know, pedophiles, um, um, transgender, well, the whole alphabet soup thing, LGBTQ, blah, blah, element OP. And then, of course, there's this guy. He's, yeah, yeah. I can't get too far away from that. So anyway, it was really good. It was really good. We had a really good trip to Idaho. Those are some those are some high quality signs. What are those made out of? Uh high high quality. Yeah, they're made out of good words. Look at those good words. See, but, you have God sends the shooter in fury, God sends the bomb in fury, God sends the the fire in fury, and suddenly you're saying we're running out of you just don't have enough hands to carry all those signs. So you just have to say he sends the destruction in fury. Okay. So sorry, I, I just didn't think to get prepared good for this. No time um, like the present. Yeah. So I thought I better get some signs there. And that one is the best because it, it, see, God would have to apologize to Sodom if he didn't deal with this country. He would have to apologize to Sodom. And he's not going to do that. No, he's not. Yeah, I, can't, I can't help but agree with that sign. I mean, we, it definitely feels like we're. Not in we're a good place. Yeah, we're not. We're not in a good place at all. Stupid thing. See if I would have just remembered. There's been too much stuff going on today. So, as kids are out of school, so there's a lot of stuff here that you have to do with them. Okay, is that better? No, that's not going to work. Never mind. We'll just go with what we've got. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I, I have a, I have kind of a question. I just want to pick your mind on. Uh, do you, do you think we're in the revelations? It's the revelation. Revelation, sorry. It's just yeah. one, and I Fair. think that all, all the signs, are pointing, to that, and and I wouldn't dare presume, to say, a date or a time or anything like that, but I can absolutely tell you because of the parable of the fig tree. And in one of the gospels, it says in all the trees, when you see the bud and the blooms and so forth, you know that summer is near. And likewise, when you see all these things happening that are that are in, you can read um, Luke 21, Matthew 23, Mark 13. Those all run kind of together because it's their their um, report on what Christ said when he came out of the temple and they, and he said that started talking to him about these eschatological matters. And he told them what it was going to look like. And in Luke 17, it tells you straight up as it was in the days of Lot, that's Sodom. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it until the day that God went out, uh, Lot went out and God the Lord destroyed them all with fire and brimstone from the Lord out of heaven. So the Lord Jesus Christ destroyed them on the ground with fire from the from God the Father, capital L O R D Lord, out of heaven. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who was on the ground in charge of that matter. It says he went down to see. Because it says that the earth was filled with violence. That was before the flood. And it says of Sodom that the, the 
inhabitants of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. That term before the Lord means they were right in his face. Didn't you know you understand? Contending, lots telling them, don't do this wickedness. And even even offered up his daughters. The the idea being not that he's going to give him the daughters, but it's better for you to do that awful thing of rape than it is for you to get right in the face of the Lord your God and um, do this, violate the uh, Christ and his church. The You understand that's just a smash mouth in your face uh, defiance because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the bride of Christ and the husband and the wife stand kind of as a type or a symbol of that. You're never going to have an actual husband and wife to behave as what uh, no husband's going to treat you as good as the Lord would treat you. You understand? And, and teach you and lead you in all the good things. No flesh is ever going to be able to glory in the presence of, of God. And so, um, but that's the type. So when you start talking about same sex, Malachi said it straight up. He's, it's in Malachi 2, I believe, where he says he had, he made the, the one man, one woman, but he had the residue of the spirit. He could have made any couplings, could have had two men, one woman, whatever. He made one man and one woman. And why? Malachi says, and why? Why that? So he could seek a godly seat. And so when he said, and then he says he gets into and, and God hates divorce. He's, he, he says, God hates putting away. And you come to the altar crying around on the altar because I've executed some judgment against you. And, and I don't have any patience for it. I don't want to, I don't, it's not received with goodwill from you because I and witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, whom thou hast dealt treacherously. You know, there's a thousand ways a man, and for that matter, a woman, but a man can deal, deal treacherously against his wife. And at the end of the day, the husband, who is the savior of the body, is responsible for that union because they are no longer twain. They are one flesh. So when you have a marriage, you have a new body formed, and it is a big deal. So now you've entered into that, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you don't build that on a foundation of Christ and obedience to him, you are like the man who built it on sand, and great will be the fall thereof. So this thing where people try to act like this, just some innocent alternate lifestyle, it is not. It is the thing for which nations are destroyed. So go back to what started. As it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it until the day that Lot went out and the Lord destroyed them all with fire from the Lord out of heaven. And it says, and as it was in the days of Noah, likewise, they were marrying, that is, a man taking a wife. They were marrying and they were given in marriage. You're giving your son like as if he's a woman in marriage. That is what that's what that's talking about. And so he says, and um, 
And of course, we know what happened to the antediluvian world. And he says, and as, as those days were, then that's also the days how it's going to be when the, when the Lord comes. And he says, will he find the faith? Will he find the faith? It's a, it's a rhetorical question. And of course, he will find the faith because he will always have the faith. But it's going to be so small as to be statistically insignificant, almost unable to find it. But amazingly, you will find it because it is the Lord who makes his word known and to go forth. And uh, all we can do is take the impulses that are on our hearts, take the information that gets right in front of our face, because the Lord is in charge of all that. And he leads us. And when, it, when there's people ready to go, we go. Because God is in charge of all the hearts. Isn't that good? You don't have to worry about where you should be because you're there. That's right. You are there. Makes a lot of sense. You know, in Revelation 2, it talks about how, like, marriage is basically no more and, like, the merchants are the great men. And, like, uh, and like basically, like, the pharmacy fools all nations of the world. And I, and I feel like we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty much right there along a lot. Of, I mean, you can basically just open that book and point to a paragraph and, like. You mean Revelation 18. The first, 1823, yeah, yeah. 1820, think, yeah, the right? first three chapters are talking to the church. First, it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ and what's happening. It opens up. We have sermons on our website about this. And that's actually why I'm asking you because I was, I was doing my homework and I was, I was listening to a couple of them on my road trip. That's actually, that's actually why I brought up Revelation in particular because you guys were recently talking about it. Yeah, yeah. That last sermon Tim just did. Tim, Tim does a lot of them. But but he because that's kind of his focus. It's amazing because we have seven elders. They go in a rotation and um, different ones focus on different things. You'll find groupings of sermons that someone has done, like Ben did the um, the, uh, you know, the Beatitudes and that the Sermon on the Mount. It's about 19 sermons. It's good stuff. And all of it's so good. But this thing that Tim just did, he's been taking phrase by phrase. So that sermon that was last Sunday was the Lord, let's see, cometh. It's five words. Here, I'll tell you what it is because I have the sermon sitting right here. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And it's such a good sermon because it, it gives you a proper mental imagery of what that is looking like. You know, it says that when in Acts 7, that they were standing there and he went up and he was, and a cloud received him. That word cloud, that's not the fluffy things floating in the air. It's a, it like the angels. It's a huge, it's a huge reception that he received going up. And they're standing there gazing up in the, because he disappeared out of sight, and that was that. And two angels all of a sudden appear at their side and said, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? And he says, and, and they said, that same Jesus whom you, you see has gone up will like in like manner come back. And so he's going along in the sermon, and all of a sudden he makes that, he helps you to get a, such a good view of it. And it is, he's coming for war. 
he says he's going to come back and first second Thessalonians it says to um, execute judgment on, on all on those who know not God and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who know not God and to obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a big deal and it's good and it's for war. Now that now you've got a good, you've got good. He says he's going to return in flaming fire to execute vengeance, judgment, <clears throat> all such things. And it's Revelation 18 that you're talking about where it says that they are, it's amazing language, but it says all the merchants of the earth have gotten rich off of her and the language is so doleful that it's sometimes hard to read it, um, you know, and keep talking because it is, it is, it says it'll be found the, the awfulness of the destruction. And I'll tell you another chapter is Luke 17, which is a I'm sorry, second Kings 17, where according to the prophet Amos, Amos, Nine out of 10, when the Assyrian army went in and destroyed, they call them the 10 lost tribes. That's just a, that's euphemistic. They were destroyed. Nine out of 10 were slaughtered outright. Nine out of 10. The rest were dispersed. You read that chapter though, and it doesn't talk about anything that would turn you to the destruction. It was awful, awful. If you look, if you do some studying up on that Assyrian army, they were experts in riding a chariot and shooting a bow effectively, efficiently. Anyway, so you get down here and it's very doleful. I read it four or five times to my children over the years when they were young, years ago. And all of a sudden one day it struck me like a bolt of lightning. Oh, duh, this is where nine out of 10 of them were destroyed. And it doesn't focus on that. It focuses on, I told you to do this. I told you to do that. I told you to obey me, but you didn't do it. You turned to false gods and you turned to your idols and you did this and you did that and all your filthy manner of life. It's very clinical. It doesn't, not a peep about how much they suffered. So that's important to get clear that it's not about flesh. It's about God. It's about obedience. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of men. So it says that, and they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what, what city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over, the, over her, thou heaven. And ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. But then it goes down here and it says, Well, and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatever craft he be shall be found any more in thee and the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee for thy merchants were the great men of the earth for by their, thy sorceries 
or all nations deceived, that sorceries is drugs. That word sorcery, pharmakia, is where we get our word pharmacology. It's their illicit, illegal drugs, prescription and non-prescription. They, they're trying to take away. I had to have a continuing legal education. Um, you have to get so many hours. And I just had one a couple of weeks ago. And they spent the entire hour drilling down on us that you should not say that a mother who's had her children taken away is a drug addict because she's a drug addict. You're not supposed to say drug addict. And you're not supposed to say that she has a dirty UA. And you're not supposed to say that the baby was born a drug baby, that the baby was born a drug addict because she took, you know, cocaine in her <clears throat> and so on. They, they think they can, with words, trying to change the very definition of words, they are deceived at this hour into thinking they can change God. They think that when God set their DNA, that they can change what they are. Even to the point where now there's a push to not have any, don't say it's a boy or a girl, on their birth certificate. I mean, this, this, this is, that's what, when you say, do we think that we're in these end times? Yeah, it's, it, this is, is insanity. And yet, everyone's on board with it. It says, a wonder, in, in uh, Jeremiah 5, and again, remember those prophets, it says in the New Testament in two places that those everything that was written before was written for our learning and for our example and for our comfort and so on. And, and specifically in one spot for you upon whom the ends of the world have come. We're supposed to look to those Old Testament things. And by the way, the New Testament is full of the Old Testament. It refers you back as it is written, as it is written, as it is written. It was written. So you go back. And then when he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, that's all Old Testament. So I'm saying that you look to those things. And so when you look at the prophet and he says, an awful and horrible thing has happened. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests bear rule by their means. But my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? So you look on Twitter and they'll be telling something that's just so outrageous. People will be going, they'll be saying snarky things, you know, about how awful this is. No, no, dummy. Where were you 30 years ago when we started telling you that you keep going this way and same-sex marriage is going to be on the table and uh, the pedophiles are going to be running. That's going to be just fine. Nambla. Sex by eight before it's too late. We're seeing all this and saying, sounding an alarm. Now the trumpet is sounding all over this country. And our job is to keep saying the same words. So that's what we're doing. But nothing has changed. But now you have to say with the prophet. Now you have to answer his question. What will you do in the end thereof? And we're not even to the end yet. And the end end. When God cracks this earth open like a walnut and it's all over, but the crying, because it's not all over just because you're dead. Now comes the real time. The real time is eternity. And there is no changing 
the die is cast. When you're done on this earth, you're done. And hell comes next. And that's not, that puts everything else to shame. It's awful. So I know you said that you, you wouldn't put a time frame on anything, but do you think that we'll see the 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 end uh, in our lifetime, or do you think that it's that we have a long way to go here from here? I, I don't think we have a long way to go, not by any stretch. They talk about how it look at what's happening to the to the weather, look at what's happening to the very uh, foundations of the earth. It says that the land is defiled. You know, you, we have a lot of times said Leviticus 18.22, thou shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. But it goes on. It says, because if you do this, if you do these abominable things, that these nations that I cast out before you, the very land is defiled and the land will vomit you out. All of, of nature, the animals misbehaving. Have you seen what the sharks are doing? Have you seen? You, you understand? You you haven't. It's hard. Not. Oh well, they're they're eating people. They're biting people. They're attacking people. There's a big whale, a killer whale that is aggressively assaulting these boats. I've heard that, about the killer whale thing. Yeah, they're they're yeah. like attacking right. boats regularly. But there have been so many people. They just I, I there's not a week going by now that there's not somebody who's been attacked by and just right up near the shore. These sharks are just coming right on up. And um, like a girl last week, I, I was doing something in the next room, but I could hear it. And she's talking, they, they cut her leg off, but she ain't saying a word about that leg missing. She was, she's just talking about how thankful she is that she tried, she tried to, she's a competitive swimmer. And she tried to punch him and get him off her leg, but there wasn't any way to save her leg. And they're killing people and maiming them and uh, took a big bite out of. And there's a lot of video of some of this because, you know, everybody's got a camera. And so there's a lot of things where you see and then you also see the shark teeth bites and all the other things from that are happening. It's not good. And it's not that's not all in every way. And. And yet, with everything that's happening, yet they still won't. So when you get to the revelation and you get to this about the middle where awful stuff, awful, because first you have the seven seals are ripped off and bad stuff happening there. And then you have the seven trumpets are sounding. And at the seventh trump, Christ returns, which is about halfway through that seven year period. It's a dispensation of its own. But it's a seven-year period. And halfway through, Christ returns. And it's at the sound of the seventh trump. And so when you get over there in Thessalonians, it's kind of a freestanding eschatological passage. And it says, and, and Christ, it says, and the trump will sound with, the, with the, the trump, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. So it's a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. It's think, think of it like this. The third heaven kind of emptying out. So you've got the angels. You've got the great cloud of witnesses that you read about in Revelation 11. Who are those that have gone before. 
Revelation 11 ends, that chapter is what you could euphemistically call the heroes of the faith, but you don't need to call them heroes, but they're people who, by faith, subdued kings, kingdoms and wrought righteousness and stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the violence of fire and out of weakness were made strong and waxed valiant and fight and turned to flight the armies of the aliens and so forth. And that ends and the next chapter begins and said, so seeing that you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's the cloud that's going to be with Christ when he comes through the air and every eye will see so it's not going to be anything done in a corner. The whole stinking earth is going to see. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but I know that it will because the scripture says it will. God's word for it. So every eye shall see him and them also which pierced him. That comes from Revelation 1, 7. And so, but, but go back over there to that chapter. It says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then them that are alive and remain will be caught up in the air with them. And so shall we be forever with the Lord. So it's, it'll be an amazing sight. Then you've got three and a half more years and you've got seven vials that are going to be poured out first. And it is, I mean, there's just nothing good about it. And not just to mention that, but before under the trumpets, you have a five month five months of um, some creatures that are uh, doing injury but and people want to die and they can't die so they're not going to kill them they're going to hurt them and it's going to be awful and scary then you've got today out of sight of our eyes 200 million of these creatures that are called they're like horses and you know the description is there you can read it it's an, it's an amazing description but and they've got tails that are like a scorpion and it says a face like a hair like a woman and a face like a lion and they're like a horse and they're they kill with that scorpion tail and they're going to be uh, um, ever vigilant. They're going to be on the ground, ready to protect that little tiny remnant that is um, preaching this gospel. And they are going to be on the ready to do that work. And there's too many more words to say about that, but they'll be for a year, a month, a day and an hour, I believe. So now you've got of that first three and a half year period, a year and a half of it, of solid terror. What you what are you, what are you going to think when you see one of those creatures coming at you? So, so what what are, what are your thoughts on? Are you aware of like uh, government programs, like weather control programs, like HARP and things like that? What do you, what are your thoughts on that on on modern technology and and these these elites being able to actually control the weather not you don't think that not. they can do it of course not well it says well, but I'm happy for him because the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to slash about them when he said you hypocrites will discern the face of the sky, 
You say today it's lowering and it's red and it's going to rain, but you will not discern the signs of the times. And so um, here's what I'm t telling you about that. You know how we're America strong and we're Boston strong and we're this strong and we're that strong. Here, here's what I say to you. Just look at what a tiny little tweak that the Lord does and it brings big cities to their knees. Do you remember, uh, I have been in and out of New York City doing this picketing so many times that it's just boring. But you get over there by um, uh, Broadway and what's that place where the ball drops, what they call that? Times Square. Times Square. Yeah. You get over there by Times Square and it's and at night it's even more busy than in the day. When it gets dark, that place is just, it's thick with people. But yet I, I'm looking at my TV one time when this Hurricane Sandy was coming was one of the times and another was a heavy, heavy snow that was unexpected, unnatural for their area. And they're using terms like snowmageddon, Obama talking about snowmageddon, takes Washington, D.C. and shuts it down, just shuts it down. All they had to do was just send a little more snow than what they're accustomed to. And, and it's done. They're shut down since Hurricane Sandy. And that's that Times Square is like a ghost town. He they we were we went there the last time I was in New York City to pick it was just before the pandemic that summer. And do you know what they had that summer? They had the world parade. You know, LGBT it was Pride Month. It was in June. And a bunch of us went and we're out there right in the big middle of that parade. And it was rocking and rolling. It was something. And when we left and we walked, you know, two miles to get back to our hotel, all the way, there's just, it's just massive. The humanity was massive. They came from all over the world. I think they said 4 million or 5 million people came in. And the next thing you know, all of that, every single storefront, all of the, uh, what do they call those? Um, it's like their ship, um, their main store, flagship, their flagship stores. Right. Many of these things are in New York. Yeah. And every inch of that trip, they've turned their window fronts, storefronts. Everything is all about the fags. It's all about LGBTQ Pride Month. When God couldn't say more in the Bible, couldn't say it more, that God hates pride. It's everywhere. You can't hardly look in the Psalms, but a few words, God hates pride. Pride is one of the deadly sins, right? Well, yeah, but pride goeth before destruction and only by pride cometh contention. If you see people arguing and squabbling, it's because somebody's got a pride problem and the somebody's probably everyone involved in that contentious discussion. So I'm saying um, God hates pride. But yet that is what we call a whole month of the year. And so all the storefronts have got this going on. And uh, the next thing you know, every one of those stores is shut down. And all it took was a little pandemic, just a little COVID and, you know, a bunch of dead people. What are, what are your thoughts on on that, by the way? Do you think that, uh, that the, the coronavirus was was man-made and purposefully released or do you think it was, it was something else? <laughs> 
you are looking at secondary causes. You need to put away all those secondary causes. Whatever minutiae went into getting that COVID into the pandemic state, God is the author. God, it, it, you, you understand, he's the primary cause of everything. So you've got to forget it helps you have a proper perspective on every event that happens in your life. You don't need to worry about being angry at somebody. If you think somebody did something, somebody punched you in the face, think God punched you in the face because he's the primary cause of all things. Now, why did God punch me in the face? If people would think right about that, there wouldn't have been anybody going into Afghanistan after 9-11. You wouldn't be having a whole movie documentary where you go from one spot to another. I was stunned when I saw it and how quickly those people went to get them, get them. We got to make somebody pay for this. Dumb, dumb, um, Banty Rooster Bush for all of his endearing qualities stood on top of that rubble and shook his little fist and said, we're coming for you. I thought <laughs> really dude, no, not one word about why did God do this to us? You see, in the Civil War, about uh, two years before the end of the Civil War, 1863, I believe it was 1863, in March, Congress sent a resolution to the president, who would be Lincoln, saying, let's have, let's call, let's have a national day of mourning for our sins. It's our sins that have brought this awful civil war with hundreds of thousands of our countrymen dead at our own hands. And so at the end of April, and you can Google this and get all the details. At the end of April, Lincoln uh, announced a day of mourning, fasting and mourning for your sins. A national day for us to do that. And I'm sure that a certain amount of people did. And the Lord delivered them out of that, but not without high cost. And they're exactly right. So the question I have is why didn't Bush get on that rubble and say, the Lord has done this to us. And why, why well, they, did he send our enemies? Why did he send our enemies to knock down these towers? They've successfully removed God from our society though, to the, to the degree that nobody looks at anything like that. You know, I know, hon, but I'm telling you that's, that's, that is an awful curse on this nation when nobody thinks they don't see God, God's hand in anything, nothing. Right. And that's how they, and until they, and I, and I don't expect that to turn around. I don't, I don't think that's why when you say, do I think we're, how do you fix this? How do you come back from what this country is doing right now? How do you do anything but get worse? I used to think it dawned on me along the way, you know, years are passing and things are happening and just fast forward to get to now. But a long time ago, I told, uh, you know, I, I, I realized and, and, and said it to anyone who would listen. Everything is on the table for disposal. It's mob rule now. If you don't like to obey, if you don't like the rules of the school, everything's on the table. You just have to make enough ruckus and they won't make you, they don't even make you go to school. They, don't even, they won't make you go to school. There's not anybody going to do anything. There, I'm not suggesting that in every corner in our city, you know, we practice law um, and we do family law and other things. And uh, I mean, uh, uh, surrounding those family law, sink, child in need of care, though, that kind of law. 
And so we see up close what's happening in a lot of families, in a lot of things. And in this city, if you don't go to school, they'll send the truancy after you and you'll be, you know, so that, that so that's still happening, but you, not in Los Angeles, not in, in these big cities. They're too busy figuring out how they're going to make sure that you understand that you are going to say it's okay to be gay and you're going to listen to me tell you about me and my girlfriend and my this and my that and my perverted sex acts and as quick as we can possibly do it we'll get some uh, some very explicit talk in your ears you know we picketed in boston 20 years ago because they had a little black book thing that they were teaching these kids in this little in this school outside of boston so we went to their graduation and picketed and they were mad as hops. Have you seen some of the, the curriculum material that, that is drifting around these days that yeah. can't even be read to the yeah. school board uh, members by angry parents because it's too graphic? Yeah, I see what's happening. But you understand, in our schools, we are very present. We work in the schools. We help in the schools. We are, you know, the, in the grade school from even when my kids were little and my baby's 21. And so, and I have, we have, have 11 children. So you got to do that. That's spread over 20 years. You understand? So those children all were going through. And now I've got, I've got grand nieces and nephews at school. And so, I mean, my, my mom and dad had 13 children and they had 50 some grandchildren and now, you know, 40, 40 plus great grandchildren. And they're all, a lot of them, not all, a lot of them are close right around here. And they are percentages of the school. You know, if you've got 15 children and you've got 400 kids in your population, that's a chunk of your kids. And we are very present. So they're not shoving this crap down our throats. I'm not to say that things aren't happening. And, and, um, you know, if, if it becomes an issue, we do something about it. But they even have, they just opened up a new airport over here. And that trip to Idaho is my first trip since they opened it. I went over and looked at it when they had an open house type thing in January. But this is the first time I've done a flying trip since, um, since that thing opened up in March. And so, um, anyway, it was, it, they got... <laughs> There's a big bathroom right there when you go in. And I walked into the bathroom and there was a man standing there. And I walked back out. I thought, whoa, oh, my bad. No, it's a uh, all genders. And I'm like, no, no, bitch. I'm not gonna go in that bathroom with that man in there. I'm just not doing it. I'm out there. So I so I walk, started walking up and down that uh concourse, and I saw some ladies that were that this is selling. They were cleaning. And I said, hey, ladies, do you know where there's regular bathroom around here? And they couldn't speak English. And I thought, you go, you go, guys. If these lazy Americans, I mean, you can find YouTube videos and, or TikTok where you have some mouthy young woman standing there going, are you kidding me? I'm not a, you, are you crazy? You think I'm going to go to work for eight hours, sit on my butt and do work for people? And then, uh, no, I'm not doing that. That pandemic, they gave away so much money that they don't have people working. They don't have, they don't have enough workers for many of these jobs. 
I, I said, hey, Siri, is there a Starbucks in the, in the MCI airport? And she says, according to such and such, there are two Starbucks, one here and one here, but they can't open this one because they don't, because they don't have any workers. That's what Siri told me. And I'm like, okay. Siri it's, explained. Siri knows. What's that? Siri explained why they're not open yet. <laughs> yes. She says, funny. according, she'll always tell you that she has read something. And Alexa does the same thing. They'll get some answer for you that's out in the news or someplace on the internet. Yeah. Tell you stuff that you're going, wow. What what airport did you say that was again that you just flew out of? It's over by Kansas City. It's an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, so it's it's a Kansas City airport, basically. Yes, it's right. the new. They just opened it. It's, right, right. The other one was, it was getting, it was, it was, you know, 50 years old and they had to retrofit all those walls and it was a mess. Was hey, a mess. Uh, off topic, what's your favorite Kansas City barbecue? You know, that's funny because my husband works over in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. And he has opinions. He, he is, he is Jack Stacks or Gates or there's one of Joe's? Oklahoma. Yes, Joe's? Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. just checking. So I don't. I'm not a barbecue, such a barbecue person, but I'll go with what he says. Joe's is my my yeah. pick out of those. Yeah, that's funny. This, this is weird too. Like in the comments, like somebody's talking about Roseburg, Oregon, and that's exactly where I'm at right now. That like makes no sense. I'm not even like from here or anything. I'm just like traveling through here. And they're just saying like the, the leftists are like nuts in this town or something like that. Like that's what they're. And I'm literally just in this town right now. They like John. Really? Austin, Named a town I'm in. I have no idea how that happened. That's crazy. Yeah, I never, even heard, I never heard of that town, dude. And I travel. Yeah, I mean, I'm at a lot now in that town. That's like weird. Yeah. But uh, so, maybe uh, it shows somewhere on your screen or something. Maybe yeah, or just weird energy, man. That's crazy. But uh, a, a couple people were asking some good questions for surely though. Uh, what uh, who, who do you who are you picking in the 2024 election, like for president? Like who's who do you have in mind? I haven't voted for a president in years. I, I really, frankly, you know, it's, it's potato, potato. Sometimes I will, I watch the national news uh, record. I record, we record three stations, the three ABC, NBC, CBS. And, and then I watch until I can't take it anymore. And then. Yeah. Those know, are some trash networks right there. Well, but it's also these days, it looks like they have some kind of an agreement among them. So, because if you watch one, then the next, the stories are exactly the same. Exactly. They have, re they have to reinforce the brainwashing, you know? It's, it's crazy. But when you watch the way, um, sometimes I'll get so worked up. Trump is his own worst enemy, but also um, the media, there's the hypocrisy is so, oh, it's just, it's, it's, I can't take it. And if I, so I just don't, I don't want to carry on Adam. So I just turn away. I, I mean, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not pimping Trump at all, but I'm saying they're hypocrites. They don't like his politics. They don't no, They don't like his moral view. And it's so wishy-washy. It's so wishy-washy. He says he's anti-abortion and he did and he and he see, he's an idiot. He takes, he tries to take the glory of those Supreme Court justices, like as if he did it. That's what you call stealing God's glory. He says, it's my glory and I will not give my glory to another. And he says, 
no flesh will glory in God's presence. So I'm saying, dude, shut up. You're just asking for trouble. I, I, I It's a bad idea. That's all. Bad you, idea. You ever think that maybe like they're they're all in, in on it together and just playing roles and, and this is all just a kind of a show? I don't know. I, I don't, no, I don't really think that way. I mean, I just, I see what's happening and our own experiences. Remember, they've turned in on us in this country. They, at one point when we started doing those soldier funerals, I think every state in the union passed a law with the possible exception of Virginia. And you know why they wouldn't. And when we were, our case was going before the U S Supreme court, Every uh, uh, senator except Virginia, he said, you don't think I'm going to sign that to take away First Amendment rights. You don't think I'm going to sign that because, um, okay, so one of my brothers, you know, I have 12 siblings and a couple of them have three, three of them have degrees in history. And so my brother that's right behind me, two down, actually, he uh, wrote his thesis to get out of it, to get a history degree, you have to write some kind of a big paper. And he wrote it on the Leland Madison Monument. Do you know what that is? Nope. Well, you know how we got the First Amendment? Okay, so they're having the Continental Congress and Madison, John Madison, you know him. Do you know John Leland? Nope. John Leland is, was a preacher that preached like we preach. His name was John Leland. And he had the votes to go to the Continental Congress. But John Madison wanted to go. And he said, fine, you carry this forward and you can have the spot. And so they made a agreement, an agreement. And Madison took that First Amendment and the First Amendment being the brightest star in the constitutional firmament because they were sick and tired, those preachers that came from England, of, you know, all that uh, oppression, John Bunyan-type oppression from the king, that they were not going to have this country having a national... It wasn't a landslide. We didn't get that First Amendment by a landslide. So if you today, and you can Google this also, go to Orange, Virginia, and go to the, to go to the uh, Leland Madison park it has the leland madison monument and that guy who was the the senator from virginia said no i'm not signing that thing where they all signed saying take it take a go against it. It, it they did an amicus brief to the u.s supreme court to say why they should find against us in that case over that soldier funeral and bear in mind, we were a thousand feet away from that building and no one, the spot that we stood was picked by the Catholic priest and the local police. So when we got there, we said, where do you want us to stand? And they took us to the North 40. That's where we stood. And the whole stinking world saw our thickest because that guy, that fag father sued us. And the judge hid the fact that he was a fag, which I don't care. I don't care if he did that, but he did. And they all hid, the military hid the fact that that was a, a foolish, a fool's errand. They were out supposed to be doing exercise and that child was in the tank. He was in the 
top part where you can stick your head out. And the guy was driving too fast and he was told twice to stop it. But he didn't stop it because they are a bunch of fools and foolish children who don't have any discipline. And so he just went about business as he wanted to and turned that tank over. And the only one that was killed was Matthew Snyder because he was up in the, do they call it a bird's nest? I don't know. Whatever that thing is where they can stick their head out, that's where he was and he was killed. No one else in the tank was killed. They were not killed fighting in Iraq. They were killed fooling around in Iraq. And so they didn't, the military didn't release that information until after our trial, which I don't care about that either, but I'm just saying, this is how, that was a military action that they took, that they were, they announced it, the military from the Pentagon, when they filed the suit, it was on CNN with the, the general up there talking about that they were going to put a stop to this which of course they didn't a lot of people are asking in the comments too like um this is a question that'd be pretty good if you answered to uh like uh they're they're probably atheists i'm not but i'm i'm, I'm personally christian but uh they're asking like basically if, if god does all this bad stuff like what is the devil like what what like uh, there's a lot of discussion of like kids with brain cancer and like terrible terrible things like uh why would terrible things happen more or less as the the atheists are asking uh why would terrible things happen if there is a god and i believe there to be a god but i'm saying their question Hun, you you want me to tell you? They're asking, not me. No, no, I understand. I don't mean you personally. Okay. I'm saying to anyone asking that question, you want me to tell you the mind of God? You want me to explain to you why God does a thing? He does what he wills in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand nor say unto him, what doest thou? That's what Nebuchadnezzar, after God took him, first he gave him a world empire. You read this in Daniel 4. He gave him the world empire. And then his pride brought him to be a wild beast. He had a terrible dream and he couldn't remember the dream. And he wanted to know what it was and his spirit was troubled off, awful. And he said, somebody tell me the dream. And you do it now or you're all dead men. And so he said, Daniel said, what's the hurry? What's the hurry? Just give us a, a little bit of time here and we'll tell you the dream and we'll tell you what it meant. So they went and sought the Lord about it. And he told him the dream and he told him what it meant. And, he, and Daniel came back and said, the dream, O king, is to your enemies. So leave off your proud talk and you'll be okay. But a year passed. And he's walking in his gardens. Remember, he had the hanging gardens and other amazing things that were that the Lord permitted him, that the Lord did through him. And instead of giving the glory to God, he walked across and he said, is this not great Babylon, which I've built by my might and my power? And before the words were out of his mouth, the voice came from heaven and said, it's too good for me to screw this up. So I'll just tell you what it actually said. The voice said, time's up, buddy. And within the hour, this is so amazing what happened to this guy. And then, then he comes out of it seven years for seven, seven times passed over him. That was part of the dream. He said, here's your dream. 
He says, I was flourishing in my palace. I was at rest in my house, flourishing in my palace. And I saw a dream. It made me afraid. And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head trouble me. Therefore, I made a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. And they all came and they couldn't tell him. But at last, Daniel came. And Daniel told him, according, uh, he named him Belteshazzar, Daniel, because that was his God, his false God, Bel. Okay. And so he says, oh, oh, Belteshazzar, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I've seen in the interpretation thereof. Thus were my visions and so forth. And he told, and it was a big tree. The heights went, reached up into heaven. The leaves were fair and the fruit much. And it was meat for all. And the beasts of the field had shadow under it. And the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the boughs of it. And all flesh was fed of it. And I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed. And behold, a watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even as a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field. And let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from a man's and let a beast's heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. This matter, Daniel says, is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. This dream I, I King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make it known me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and, he, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached into the heaven, and the sight thereof to the, all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and it was meat for all under which the beast dwelt, and all the branches and the fowls of heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king that art grown and become strong for thy greatness is grown and reacheth unto heaven and thy dom dominion is to the end of the earth. Remember the Babylonian empire was a world empire. The first one. And whereas the king saw a watcher and an holy one coming down from heaven and saying, hew the tree down and destroy it yet leave the stump of the roots in the earth in the tender grass and let it be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts till seven times passed over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. And they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou knowest that the Most High rule in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump, the kingdom shall be sure unto thee. 
after that thou shalt know that the heavens do rule. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be accepted unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. The poor are the servants of God. And I could tell you more about that, but I'm not going to right now. All that came upon the King Nebuchadnezzar, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou knowest that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing, the, the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his <clears throat> bird's claws. And at the end of the days, this is Nebuchadnezzar writing this. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Nothing. So we have a sign that says, all flesh is nothing before God. Okay, and he doeth what he will. The inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand nor say unto him, What doest thou? And at the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Is that amazing? Now, how could you how could you write that script? How could it be that they would just give him back his kingdom? Except that the Lord controls all hearts. He turns everything. It says he controls the heart of the king. And so, of course, by extension, every inferior or every lesser person, if he controls the heart of the king, he's got all the hearts. And he turneth it like a water course, whithersoever he will. So... You don't have to worry if you're a servant of God. You don't have to think the fear of man bringeth a snare. You don't have to think like all these people that are in any place of any 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 actor, actress, singer, any entertainer. They're all calculating. If I don't get on board with this stuff, this LGBTQ scourge, I'm not going to be able to make this money. I'm not going to be able to keep my this and my that. It's all worth everything. The Lord Jesus Christ said, what will a man give for his soul? That's what they'll give. They'll give a mess of vanity. Vanity. It's nothing. It'll be gone so quickly. Just like all their life. It's gone. You yourselves, I think you're old enough to know. This time is going by very quickly. You you have to say one day, I'll never see my 30s again. I'll never see my 40s again. And so on. It's done. And when you're done with this life, the real time starts. Okay, I don't know what else to tell you. Now, that's for the person who said, 
what was that question? <laughs> they asked a question, and they why, said, "Oh, why are bad things happening?" Uh, like, yeah, why? yeah. I'm, and I'm telling you that the judge of all the earth will do right. So when Sodom was destroyed and every last man, woman, child, it was a huge, like New York City, Sodom. And you, so you know the babies are being born on a, on a rather continual interval. Every baby that was born that morning when that fire fell from heaven perished with the fire with the rest so don't don't come with any talk about uh, how you ought to think or do or talk any of it if you're not going to just obey god fear god and keep his commandments then you're right there lined up with the next guy you're going to go down with the rest of them have you um always been christian or is this something that came like uh later in life or early in life i don't i don't know your exact situation I was nine when I was baptized and you, and you can only be baptized if you make a profession of faith right? in this church. And my dad, you know, was the preacher of this church right? for many years. And then when he died, now we have seven. Yes. Yeah, so I was wondering, a lot of people seem like, uh, like, like that's really young to be on, on point with like this as a servant of God, I think. Cause like, I, I didn't come to it till like later in my life. I didn't grow up in a house of like religion I didn't grow up in like a, like a complete black religion in my house. I think I came. Everyone's path is their own path. Yeah, yeah. It isn't going to all look alike. Not even among us does it look alike. You understand? What would you say to a non-believer? That's why a lot of them seem like you bring you bring a lot of demons and darkness out in people. It seems like uh, <laughs> like pretty pretty fast. And and like uh, what, what would you say to a non-believer watching this? Like what would you what would you say? I would say the same thing I say. To, I don't have any other message. This is the only message. You have to you have to obey God. Look, you may not even want, you may not even have any thoughts of going to heaven or give a hoot about it. If you want temporal blessings in this earth, obey. Just obey. You understand there's this life. You still have to finish it. So obey. It says honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with promise. So honor your father and your mother in the Lord. You know, people, massive amounts, all those children of Israel, you don't think all those children of Israel were God's elect, do you? I mean, it, it didn't, but yet they had, they had laws in place and they obeyed. You understand? They obeyed and they received temporal blessings, but not all of them. They couldn't manage to get it done. Like at AI, when Aiken stole some things and they had to cap lots and found him out. And then his him and his whole house perished. So what is, uh, what is like a normal day in the Westboro Baptist church look like for like people that are unfamiliar and haven't been? Well, you have to ask each person because everybody people have jobs. And so what, is your, person, what is your daily routine then? Like personally, like what, what, what kind of, uh, like what is it? What does a day in the life of Shirley look like? Well, um, it's it's the the thought of it. It's the get up and you have a thought going forward. First is to seek the Lord to do to do what I'm supposed what what I should to do things that are pleasing to Him. That what should I do? Where should I be? How should I behave myself? To have grace and mercy to do that and to and and for um, my loved ones. And then what can I do 
what, what should I do that would be, would assist or enable them to do the same? So, you know, we got lots of, it's funny because we had a lot of older people. Now it's kind of flipped. There's so many babies running around here right now. It's good. Good stuff. How many, how many people attend the, the Westboro Baptist Church on a regular basis? Um, they're 90. 90. So it's, so it's pretty small, actually. Yes. And that's not all members. Oh, really? Members are, yeah. I mean, you, we don't, we don't have bait we don't baptize babies or anything so go back to what i just said there's lots so the, of babies around here the 90 is including the babies the 90 is including all the souls who come in there and sit down right you said regularly there's other people who visit and, and there's a few other probably get getting upwards towards 95 you guys have definitely made your mark as a church for such a small church from kansas you know it's uh see we <laughs> didn't do it we didn't do it i thank my god paul says at romans one that my faith is spoken of throughout the whole earth. He didn't, he couldn't make that happen. We can't make that happen. The Lord is the one who causes the words to, he just takes, he, he enables us. We don't have a marketing strategy. We just have the Lord, our God, who causes his word at our mouth to run and have free course. It's so such an amazing thing. You know, you go into a place and all of a sudden it's everywhere. And, or it's just a byword. I mean, we're part of the culture. They write an article and they'll say, like Westboro Baptist, or if they want to insult someone because they, or they want to make them bow down and kiss the um, LGBTQ ring. It's, are you Westboro Baptist Church or are you kissing up? Get it? It's, it's, it's just part of the culture. It's, it's, they talk about it everywhere. And they talk about that case. It's, it's in the law books. You can't get away from anywhere in the history books. My kid, when my kids were still in high school, when all that soldier funeral stuff was going and one of them came home with his book and opened it up and set it down. And there was a great big picture of our pickets in the middle of that book. It's everywhere. It's just part of the part of the culture. And you yeah. can't go into a constitutional law class now anywhere in this country without talking about Snyder versus Phelps. It is the first amendment case that is, has got to be, Taught. So that's the thing. That's the thing that's so, uh, really overlooked about you too. Like you're a, you're a lawyer, like more than anything. Like I mean, and a lot of you, a lot of the higher ups there are too. I think that's uh, that's I, I, I get that it is in school, but I think on podcasts and news stories and the documentaries and stuff. I, I think that's a way overlooked thing that you guys are very just like very smart lawyers. On top well, of well, when we went to the United States Supreme Court, my sister Margie argued that case. That case that the Supreme Court ruled eight to one in our favor. And I'm so thankful that Samuel Alito um, did a, uh, you know, dissented. Because if he hadn't dissented, they wouldn't have taken the writing. I wrote a writing and he was, the judge in the lower court was so mad about that writing because it, you know, put it out there in pretty plain terms. I called it the burden of Matthew Snyder. It's in the books of the most powerful court in this earth, that writing testifying against this country. It's in the books. It's a part of the judicial record of the United States of America. And that judge sat on the, on the, uh, on the bench and it was a week before the trial was gonna start and we were finishing up on pretrial motions. And 
I had moved to dismiss all the stuff because none of it should have gone to trial. But he said, well, that part about the adultery, because they said I accused him of committing adultery because what I said was when you took this child to that Catholic church, I didn't know them. I just knew what it said in the article. And he, they took him to a Catholic church. I didn't know the dad was a fag. It didn't include that in the article. It's, and I said, and he said, he's the love of my life. We're driving into that picket. One of my sisters was reading that article and I'm driving along crying because I felt so, I thought, why did you do this to him? If he's the love of your life, why didn't you just teach him, train him up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? And then come to find out. Well, so anyway, all this other stuff, I've already told you about it, but, but, but what was my point? Oh, so I put I, in the writing and I called it the burden of Matthew Snyder. And I put a bunch of scripture and that dad found that writing because he apparently, we learned in the trial, every day was going out onto the internet to see some more good words someone had said about his son. That's what he was living on. So a month, five, six weeks passed. And he, when he did the search, uh, popped my writing, which was on our website. He said he cried for three hours and he threw up when he read that writing. And too many words about all that. But the point is, it's not my words. And they wanted me to say I was sorry that we did it. I said, no, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that you brought the wrath of God down on you and on your son. I'm sorry about that. I wish you had not done that. But I am not sorry about doing my duty to warn the living to that proud sin brings the wrath of God down on you. And, and all the rest of these words that we have been talking about and we have on these sides. So um, anyway, it was, so why was I telling you all that? Well, anyway. We're talking about you being a lawyer. Um, what, what are some easy, easy, like steps you can, you would give people to stay like in the, in the good and like uh, grace of God more. So like what, like just like what, what would be some advice that you found easy to serve God for yourself? You know, like, so I imagine you have temptation like anybody else and stuff. Like what, is, what are some okay. of your, so first of all, this is not, we are not Methodists. There's no method to this. <laughs> every, every single person, you need to think of the, um, let's talk about the org chart. Here's how the org chart looks. You've got the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you have all flesh. It's, it's a linear, okay? It's each person, each person. All I'm telling you is that the scripture says, fear God. Let us hear the conclusion. It's the last two verses of the book of Ecclesiastes, which was written by the wisest man to ever draw breath. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For God will bring every work into judgment and lay open all your secret things, whether they be good or they be evil. So I say to you, fear God and keep his commandments. And the rest of it, you're going to have to work out your own salvation or not. And you're either going to do that with fear and trembling or not. I don't control hearts. I can't make anyone do anything because as you find in the scriptures, going through the book of Acts is a good place to find the reactions of people to the gospel preached because that was the Acts. That's what they were doing. It's going throughout the world. 
you you have people who had it pierce their heart and you had it prick their heart and to the one they said what must i do to be saved and to the other they ran on him to kill him and like the lord jesus christ to stone him with stones but it wasn't his time so he just passed right through him walked away i like that I like that was that. a great answer no that's that an amazing answer sean i feel like i cut you off like five times do you have any uh you, you have any questions not not that i can remember now i i, yeah. I, I think i had something in the moment that fluttered yeah. away there so. i feel like i messed that up a little bit but uh but no it's uh it's great to ha have you on here now and I, I wanted to take like an approach like i feel like most interviews with you just like there's just like so, like a screaming match and it's just kind of boring and, and like like kind of low vibration it's kind of i i think all thinking's relevant regardless i mean and i'm christian too so i tend to agree with like like, like a lot of what you're saying but i I, what, what do you think is the reason why, like, you're so controversial and people get so mad so fast? Like, the comments, people are raging right now. Like, they're literally just, like, raging at you. And then, like, I was wondering, like, like that you're probably used to this, I imagine. And, like, yeah. uh, what do you think causes this? Well, it's simple. There's a quarrel in this earth. It says the Lord has a controversy with his people. It's called the quarrel of the covenant. And Satan is not, it says he's raging because his time is short and he is the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the spirit that works in them. You can call it demon possession or you can call it whatever you want. It's the spirit. The scripture says, I the verse that. Said, it's the spirit that worketh, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So if Satan is mad, it says he's raging because he knows his time is short. That's in the revelation. I'm saying if he's raging, they're raging because he's the guy, they're his minions. They're Satan's boys. I'm putting that in several ways so you can get the point. <laughs> and they can get the point. If they think for an instant that we're not aware of these, this, our warfare is not with this flesh. It says we are, it's, it's not flesh and blood. And it's not, it's not only flesh and blood, but it's not. The weapons are war, of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty to the pulling down. We are dealing with principalities and powers in heavenly places. I'm not saying we're, we can't see, we can't see those things because our eyes are not the kind of eyes that can see. The Lord made these eyes and these eyes can only see so much and our finite minds can only comprehend so much. That doesn't, that's not binding on God. So when you read something like one smart mouth said, everyone knows that a fire is going to eventually burn out. So what's up with this hell thing? Well, what about the burning bush? The bush, the burning bush didn't burn up. I mean, you're putting, you're trying to bind God with the physics that he put in this earth. That's not a good idea. It's his, those are his physics that he put here. But that's not to say that that's the only physics he has. He made physics. He made everything. Everything is his. It's all for his um, for his pleasure. So I'm just saying, let's don't be at all uh, deceived by what we can see. It says, because we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. And the things that are unseen are eternal so we don't look on these temporal things 
So when you find yourself in some affliction or you find yourself in some, it's for our learning. It's for our, it's, it's all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. So if you find yourself in a spot, you know, a servant of God is going to get, seek the Lord about it quickly, quickly. He's our rock and our fortress and our high tower. What do you do when you're outside and the enemy's coming up upon you? You run into the fortress and you don't walk, you run, you get there. So that's all those things are scriptural words and it helps you get your mind around the immediacy with which you have to get to the Lord when you are in trouble in your heart or your mind or your body. Oh, great answer. Um, I, I, um, as a comedian, like I, I get banned a lot too, but you were banned from England. Like how did that, how did that happen? Uh, you can't even enter England or the UK rather. No. <laughs> That's kind of badass, honestly. I mean, like what, what was the, what, like, what, what was the reason got, they gave you? I got a letter from the home chicken. Oh, I mean the home secretary. <laughs> she signed it. Um, Teresa May, home chicken, home secretary. She's the home chicken. She's looking out for the safety of the nation. And if we get over there, if I go over there and go into that country and tell them that they have to obey God, there's probably going to be war breakout or some other thing that's uh, going to hurt the home chicken's people. I don't know. It's just too funny. It's all. It's just it's wild. It's that, wild. When we posted the uh, the promo image for this show tonight, I definitely had some people saying. That you're that you're dangerous and and this and that and, and you know the, the cancel culture thing is is super uh yes super, super strong and you seem to, to definitely bring that out of people you know yeah well that's okay that's okay they just have to do what they got to do yeah. and I, I think i'd make a point to have people on that are that are deemed controversial because i think all thinking is relevant regardless of uh like anything and i think i think that's something that should be like sought for as an american like yeah you know, i think that like we should not, I mean, just because say somebody disagrees with you that I like, that shouldn't just ban you from words. You know, that that's like how I, that's, that's how I feel. And I, I don't think you're that as irrational as everybody says, like you just seem like a normal person, pretty well versed in the Bible. You know I mean? Like, you don't seem very, you don't seem like boogeyman ish or, uh, you know, to me, maybe, maybe I'm not seeing, maybe I'm not seeing the whole Shirley, but I mean, just, just my vibe, you know, it's like, I, you just seem like a, a sweet lady really that's just versed in the Bible. Well, I, I try to be um, kind and I try to be gentle. And I've learned uh, that I don't have to go toe to toe with these guys on these programs. I mean, I don't. So I, I try not to do that. I don't have to do that. Do, it says do, in Heretic. I'm sorry. Do people actually have you on their shows a lot and, and then like argue with you and berate you and, and yell at you? I mean, well, they used to do that a lot. But I don't argue with them now. I try Wisdom. not to argue. I do. I do uh, try to be sure that I'm heard. But if I can't be heard, I, I don't need to do all that. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine why you'd even, I mean, put up with that if I was on some show and somebody started. Well, I used to think that you know I'm gonna say the words because I don't know who's listening, but. I, it, it's not, I don't need to put that kind of a burden on myself or yeah. anyone. That's you know? got to get old fast. That's got to be stressful. And 
Yeah, well, I'm kind of a never say die kind of person. So I put up with it probably a lot longer. I probably did engaged in that way a lot longer than I really needed to. Yeah, you seem like you had that fire in you. Like, 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 like uh, now, now you kind of have that like wise, relax, like you kind of have this like wise, relaxed vibe now. And like, uh, like, like, it seems like just, I mean, that's the human ride probably. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 36 and I was probably wild when I was 19, but now here, whatever, you know, now I'm just like, I mean, you know, I can only imagine what the time will bring. And like, yeah. uh, to, 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 I do want to bring up comments that people were saying, like, uh, people, uh, people seem like the picketing funerals thing, like, uh, like, I, like when I, when I said, uh, when I said I've used like a gentle lady, so you saying something about picketing funerals and stuff, like, what, uh, what would you say to people that, uh, in the, in the comments that are like, that, that kind of like evoked, like, okay, so first let's be real clear what we're talking about. We're, yeah. We weren't really picketing a funeral, we were picketing a patriotic pep rally. They would load up military. Uh, brass and otherwise, and then they would get uh, all the words out there and media. It's a circus. That's first. So it was a it was a pep rally, not not a pick, not a uh, funeral. And second, we were never in sight of the events that were going on. The message isn't to the point isn't to go in there and beat up on people. We did have on occasion of all those funerals that we did uh, during that little time period of all those we did on occasion have someone who would come out and talk to us. And it wasn't uh, always somebody raging mad. It was somebody saying, why are you here? And we talked to him, but we were out of sight and out of sound. It was just the idea that we were saying those words that had the military people they had they had military people appointed to go talk to these families and say now they are probably going to come to your your child's funeral and so you know it, it was not any, it was not necessary for any of that it, it, it they wouldn't have even known we were there but the lord saw to it every one of those details he made that to be what it was and if that is the thing that he used to cause this nation to be very, very clear that that there is a God and he is dealing with them because of their proud sin. And your children are usually the ones that pay a heavy price for your foolish pride. And that's what's happened to this country. These little children that are being born in this generation, they do, they, I can't, it's just hard to imagine that they stand a chance. Fortunately, the grace of God and the mercy of God, it, it, it doesn't, I, I don't dare shorten his arm in saying that he couldn't save and bring forth someone to salvation from among those people because we're all wretched sinners. We are all, we all have no good thing in us. Total depravity. Totally is wrap your head around totally depraved so yep. if there is any good thing that any person does it's christ in you you understand it's god that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure so and i think all. no i agree and i think that i mean i think that's why i mean this this is this this kind of thing happens to this kind of show happens even too i mean um what would be your opinion to bring like the glory of god back to america more so 
because I think I think there's a lot of atheists and non-believers in this country. I feel like we're almost outnumbered at this point as Christians or however you would uh, uh, call and parts of as well. Do you know that when the Lord drew, so the children of Israel, he sent 10 plagues, killed all the firstborn. Now they are not only telling those uh, children of Israel, out, get out, get out. They're giving them all their wealth. Get out, take it, take our money, do whatever you need. We'll loan it to you. you can, when I see you later, you know, if I see you later, you can pay me back, that kind of thing. They were going out with the wealth of Egypt. And yet the Lord, it says, he hardened Pharaoh's heart again. He said, I am going to get my glory on Pharaoh. You go over and you stand and you need to think of the place where he sent him to stand as a kind of a U. It's a little peninsula, maybe. It sticks out. Water on three sides. And now Pharaoh knows where they are. It was told him that they're over here. He says, he says, we're going and we're going to get them. We're going to bring them back here. And they're going to be our slaves, just like they were before. And we're going to get them. And they're going to be sorry for what they've done. That kind of thing. And the Lord said, but I'm going to get my glory on him. I'm going to harden his heart and he's going to come after you. So you get over there to that spot and that's where they went. And then he opened up the Red Sea and then he put a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So what the what the uh, Egyptians were seeing and anyway, the entire Egyptian army, every soldier in the Egyptian army and their commander in chief, Pharaoh, went into that. And it says, The Lord, think of the Jolly Green Giant. Did you ever see those commercials? Yes, in the Valley of the Jolly. Ho, ho, ho. That guy looking down. Think of that guy looking. It's the mental imagery I get when it says, He says, He looked at him through the clouds and he discomfited them. Their chariot wheels were coming off. So they're trying to go across that. Red Sea with the water stacked up on either side, just stacked up. And it's not a sloppy, wet mess. It's dry ground. It says they crossed on dry ground. So those children of Israel got across and here every soldier is into the Red Sea. And he let that water come back on them and drowned them. And, you know, recently they found some chariots. Did you know that? They I saw some. that. I saw yeah, they remnants awesome. of that. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, they, uh, they, every last one of them, including the Pharaoh were dead. He said, uh, and he, but my point to you is you said, how are you going to bring the glory back? I'm trying to tell you, there's plenty of God's glory all around us. He point. said, I'm going to get my glory on Pharaoh. And now he destroyed the entire Egyptian army. And those children of Israel stood on the other side of that bank, singing the song, singing a song about it. That he got plenty of glory. That was his glory. That's my glory, and I'm not giving my glory to another. So don't say that the water gods got the, the, the Egyptian army. It was the Lord God of Israel. No, great, great point and very well versed answer. Like uh this this is a question I see a lot about your your uh your uh kind of like uh I guess the way the way you say what literally the Bible says, I mean that's what's funny to me. It's like literally the Bible says most of the things you say, but um, but uh, so, someone was asking more or less like uh, like the like the hate involved. Like do you, like uh, 
people were basically this this comment on screen. I'm going to paraphrase was can't imagine the father of us hating his children. Basically, well, I, I what would be your answer to people that uh that what would be your counter to that more or less? Uh, well, I don't feel any. I'm not compelled at all. I don't feel compelled to counter it. I can tell you what the scripture said. Says the scripture says that he loves his elect. All those words he is. I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath it entered into the hearts of the sons of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, I don't know how you get any better than that. You know how good you can imagine the best thing you can imagine in this earth. You know how good your parents treated you. You know that, that parents want to give their kids good things. So to them that love him, but to his enemies, no. He hates them. He says he hates all workers of iniquity. That's Psalm 5.5. He hates all workers of iniquity. And then you find in the Proverbs where he says six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. And in that list is at least two classes of people. So I don't know what you want, want me to tell you. Of course, he's, he's, not a, he's not a God of hate. He, God is hate and he is love. But don't think about hatred like human hatred, we don't get anything right. Our hatred, the foaming at the mouth, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to get vengeance, I'm going to do this, I'm going to whip out my gun and shoot you. Not that. It is his righteous determination to punish the disobedient. It's a righteous thing with God to deal with them thusly. It is a righteous thing with God to do that. He is a righteous God. He says, if you glory, glory in this, that you know me, my loving kindness, my judgment, my righteousness, things which I delight in. So he delights in loving kindness. You and he, and it's, and don't forget you, you are, we are all supposed to be treating each other like we want to be treated. And so um, I'm saying, I don't want anyone lying to me about God. I want to know. I want to know. And I'm not going to wait around for someone to tell me. I'm going to get into these words and I'm going to search them out. And it doesn't take, it's not hard. There's a Bible everywhere. And you can get a commentary. You know, you can get guilt. You can right click. I got an online Bible edition 4.26 on my um, my other screen over here, and I can right click on a verse and I can open any series of these commentators, Trap, Gill, Henry. They're all good. They were good. Not any of these modern commentators because they're just going to lie to you. But if you get, if you, but I'm saying it's not hard to find out what these things. A lot of them are talking about. Sometimes they're mistaken, but it's good. This is kind of a hypothetical question, but it's interesting. And like, uh, but uh, what if they discovered the oldest version of the Bible tomorrow comes forth with saying this was actually the real Bible and the other was written by man? Where, where would your faith stand, more or less? Interesting question. I mean, so so this person asking this question wants to shorten the arm of God to keep his word in this earth free from mischief. That's what his question is, really. 
Is God I, able at all to keep his word? How do you know? You know, that's that's the question about your faith. Do you believe that God is able to do to do this? Of course he's able. There is all these questions, these hypothetical questions. Let me see such a thing and then let's talk. But in the meantime, blah, blah, blah. It's just another way to say there's a good reason for you not to believe the Bible. Look, if you have to toss out any of it, you got to toss it all. So if that's oh. what he wants to do and if he needs to work on that, he needs to polish on that. He needs to make him a PowerPoint or whatever you do these days for a good presentation. And then when he's standing before God, he can whip that out and lay it on him. And when God has him by the nap of his neck, ready to drop, kick him into hell, like the atheist you said earlier, he can just turn right around and look him in the eye and say, but I don't believe in you. You know, that's not going to stop anything or help anything. You don't change anything with foolish talk. Okay. Oh, great point. I mean, that, that was well said, honestly. What was, uh, so, so your father was a pastor? Like, how, how long was he a pastor? He was, um, I believe that he was ordained. I think he was 17 and oh, he wow. died when he was 83. He probably didn't preach probably the last six months of his life. So long time, 73, 67 years. So was he at 17? That's insane. He was actually supposed to be going to West Point and he went to, he had the summer off. He graduated from high school when he was 16. And he had the summer off before because you couldn't start West Point until you were 17. And so um, so he was traveling around going to these, um, they called them tent revivals. And this was in Mississippi and Alabama. And um, he ended up at some meeting. He'd been a Methodist all his life. He was raised in the Methodist church. And so, uh, but he learned better. The Lord showed him better and then he started preaching and i was talking to one of my younger youngest brothers the other day and you know i remember when i was little i i think at the very beginning my parents still had some armenian minian you know uh like um i think they celebrated christmas right early on but quickly learned no that has nothing to do with christ or god and then uh and I remember, I think in first grade uh, was the last time that we did anything about Valentine's. We just stopped all that pagan stuff. And so I'm saying that's just two examples, but it's a little here and a little here and a little here. And, you know, that's the path of the just, the verse says, is as the shining light, it shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So we have to start you know, in the darkness that is this flesh. And then if the Lord is willing, but that gets back to the, uh, you don't get to know anything unless the Lord will show it to you. So when you're asking me, what do you recommend? I don't, I can't recommend anything because if the Lord isn't going to open the eyes of your understanding and show you a thing, you're never going to have it. It's not in, it's not in the hand of flesh to do it. Yeah, it was, uh, was your father the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church? He, he wasn't the founder. Um, he had come to Topeka to preach. This, this church called Eastside Baptist Church had asked him to come here and preach. 
So he did that. And then um, he was here for a bit because my parents had their second baby born. They landed here in May. Interestingly, they landed the same month as the Brown versus Board of Education, because that was a Topeka case, Brown versus Board of Education. Do you know that case? Uh, the, no, I don't actually. It's what? It's the famous landmark, you cannot have separate but equal in schools. Okay. You have to integrate the schools. And that was out of Topeka, Kansas. That was the Topeka Board of Education in that case. That's when they landed here was the month of that case came down. And so um, that was May. Anyway, and, the, and then my second brother was born in June. So they were here and they asked him to stay. And then they were starting this church, Westboro Baptist Church. And um, they were just getting it. They got the building and blah, blah, blah. They asked him if he would stay and pastor that church. That's how he got there. And that's where that's, he was for the rest of his life. That's super interesting. Um, and people were asking in the comments too, like, what uh, what was the formative event that made uh, the church go down? It's like a uh, like famous kind of path, I guess. Well, again, you have to look at the primary cause. The Lord was going to have this ministry. There's no question about it. And it's all easy to see now. But at the beginning, what happened was there's a park that's a half a mile from the church. And you go, my dad would take like some of the his grandchildren and go, they would ride bikes. And they'd go and there's this road that takes you down by the Rose Garden on one side and a wooded area by the other. And in these fags would be in that wooded area trying to lure kids in or else they would be in the bathrooms. And like this one sheriff's deputy, my sister was the um, legal counsel for the sheriff's department. And he was telling her about going a softball league that that park has a softball diamonds and they're over there. And his son went into the bathroom and he was a little bit behind him. And when he walked in, this guy was accosting him. And so, I mean, it was famous. It's famous. It was in articles. When the president came, Reagan was coming. Like my dad wrote a letter and he said, this, this is what's going on over here to the mayor. And the mayor said, yeah, we, we know. And we had it cleaned up when President Reagan was coming through, but it's been let to go back to what the way it was. So, and there's a book called, um, it's cruisy areas, a book of cruisy areas. And there's a man's name attached to it, but he's a dead guy but he's he's it's an annual place where you can find they call them cruisy areas and that park is listed as a cruisy area and it says a y o r at your own risk but anyway so um that's what kind of started it because even though they said they would stop they would do something about it they didn't do anything about it and so my dad started going to the city council meetings week by week. And finally, when he couldn't get the city council, because if they would, they would just got matter and matter because they weren't going to do anything. And he just kept in their face about it week by week. He'd go to public comment and he would talk about what's going on over at the park. And so finally the mayor one day said, he says, you're just sitting over here like a bunch of, he called, he used some metaphor, like a bunch of, uh, stumps or something i don't know because you called us names you are banned from the you know get out so and he, he told the 
police guy to the the standing by police officer to escort him out. And so that's when we started picketing. So, so he can't do anything else. He said he called us names. He called him a dead tree. Oh, like last year's Christmas trees. He says, you're sitting around like last year's Christmas trees. And he says, you're calling us names. They couldn't <laughs> handle that, huh? Yeah, they couldn't handle that. You do not want to call someone a dead Christmas tree. That's brutal. <laughs> and you don't want any metaphors in the city council chambers. That's for sure. So anyway, that was how that, that started. And then we went out to the streets. First time we picketed, the first time. The newspaper wrote an editorial likening us to zoo animals. So they can call us zoo animals, but we can't call them dead Christmas trees. I don't get it. So anyway, um, that was just a little by the by. And then other things happened. You know, KU, University of Kansas is just uh, 30 minutes away from here. And the second, third, fourth time, pasty faced emos. Do you know emos? I did not know emos. They're all in black. black. <laughs> dark stuff on their eyes and black fingernails polish and they all came out there and so we were kind of walking in a circle some of them. yeah and our dad all the some of the dads kind of just made a little partition between them and us and these guys are pressing up against them you know it might have run some people off the streets when that happened and that's what they intended to do i am absolutely certain it was a calculated move it, and it was calculated to scare the socks off of you and get you off the streets. But they 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 came to their own people. We'd had too much experience in our legal work and in over the years. It's just the Lord prepared us. You understand? So we would finish our picket and then we'd go back over to here because several of us lived around the same block and we'd kind of go out back and sit around at the picnic tables. And we I mean, we literally were wow, what the heck is going on? And it just got bigger and bigger. And I mean, because we started in May and all summer long, we're going out there and all summer long, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And now they're vandalizing our properties and shooting out our windows at the church. And, you know, someone set a bomb off by, well, it, it wasn't immediately. It was a, let's see, I had six. I just had my seventh baby. And when number eight was born, he was four days old. Some guy set off an IED on our driveway. And I mean, I had just was brushing my teeth and there's a window right here. And I heard that it was such a loud bang. And the babies was in our room was in that corner of the house. And so, you know, I ran down the hall and my husband said, the pictures all went out straight. And so I'm calling the police and the guy saying, no, no, it, it wasn't by you. It, it was over at 21st Engage, which is about three quarters of a mile to the south. And I'm and I'm standing at the window, looking out the window, talking to this guy. And he didn't want it to be. But I said, well, if it's at 21st Engage, why do I see a huge plume of smoke going across the backyard? And he says, oh. You know, I mean, he was really upset. It was a guy that we'd known for years, in, you know, through our legal work. And um, he was really upset. So what the guy, what, when you got to the bottom of it, the guy had set off three bombs, three um, IED type things. And he did two of them in empty lots so that it would just seem like it was random. And then the third one he did, because he thought since our house was the biggest one on the block, that it was my dad's. 
And so he was trying to do it to him is what he said. And then they um, charged him. They found the guy because we offered a reward. And when we offered a reward, a girl who was a neighbor of this guy and a friend, it was college, college kid, a Washburn. Washburn's here in Topeka, a mile and a half from our house. And um, she said, she said, he did it. She gave us all the details and then he admitted it and, you know, he pled. But what, what, he, uh, what he got was um, he had to go to jail for 16 days and he did it on weekends. What? That's what happened. That's what happened. And they bombing were, a house. Yeah. That's crazy. You got the Hunter Biden treatment. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That was. That was I don't know why I told you all that, but. No, it's it. You're an interesting like person in pop culture, and I, I wanted. That's why we were asking you a million questions about it. Probably. It's probably. It's probably how we got you there. Probably. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's like way for your guys' time. I'm. I, I have a. I have the misfortune of luxury being on the West Coast right now, so it's only eight here. But I know it's like ten something there. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, it's ten twenty. Yeah, I can see Sean. I can see Sean uh, getting tired and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like you're a guest. We could talk to you for nine more hours. I'd love to have you back on sometime. And like, uh, thank you for like, like taking the time to to be on this cell phone podcast with decent amount of viewership right now. Still, like about five hundred eighty-five people watching live. Uh, um, if and if you want to see this again, it'll be on the Roku channel, Anthony Rogers TV. I, um. But uh, no, I appreciate you taking the time, Shirley. Um, if I'm cutting Thank through, you. I may try to be at, uh, a, I may try to be at one of your services in a week or two, and I cut through like Kansas. I, I'm not, I'm not 100. Okay. I'm cutting through Kansas yet, but I may yeah. stop by on a Sunday or something to see what you guys have going on. Yeah. And just uh, text or whatever email, and I'll tell you what time. Because sometimes, like, like next Sunday, because of our picket schedule, we have an early service, so we do that from time to time. So, so um, usually though, it's at 11:30, and and so, yeah. And you're welcome. You're I'll welcome. Be in touch and no, thank you, uh, both of you guys, for being on here, and everybody yeah. for watching. I mean, uh, we had a lot thank of very of, of mixed reviews. I mean, people that people that love the church, people that hate the church. I mean, a lot of. I mean, those are probably strong words, but a lot of a lot, yeah. lot of people in the comments is very good. Uh, so I appreciate everybody watching, and uh, thanks for taking the time. And yeah, uh, thank you. Next week or something. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to see you guys. Bye bye. Nice to meet you, Shirley. You too. Later, guys. Bye-bye.